Welcome to the Real Estate 401k Show. Here are your hosts, Ryan Gertis, Mike Weinstein, and Justin Frederick, helping you build a legacy of wealth through real estate. Powered by the Recon Group at West USA and the Frederick team with Fairway Mortgage. NMLS number 625918. You know, Ryan, one of, I think, the the negative byproducts of the real estate market over the last two to three years is everybody thinks it's easy. Everybody thinks all I got to do is buy a home. It doesn't matter when or where. Uh, we're just going to make money. And, and we, I, we have an investor that kind of did that, wasn't working with us at the time, uh, and went out and just bought a bunch of stuff for five properties for, for Airbnb purposes. Um, and now he's unloading them because you just, you just can't buy for the sake of buying. You gotta, you gotta buy right. And he didn't buy right. So I, I really think that it goes to the age old proverb of failing to plan is planning to fail. We saw most people lose their money back in 2008 when the market crashed. Now, yep. Now that is not that is not the rule. That is the exception. But there was a handful of things that were happening that could continue to happen even in a thriving market that we're in right now that could that could result in you losing money. And ultimately, like the biggest thing that was happening back then, aside from the mortgage fraud, uh, was they just had so much leverage. They were doing 80/20s. Everybody was doing whatever they could to come up with as little money out of pocket as possible, which Okay, I'm not against using other people's money to make money, but at the end of the day, you still are going to have a mortgage. And if you can't cash flow something because you have too much leverage on it, then that's going to start eating to your profits big time. And while it might only be a couple hundred bucks for, per month, it starts adding up over five years. Yeah. So I think that that's I think that's one of the biggest rules is just coming up with a budget and and making sure that you are not over leveraging and understanding how, how the money is working in that specific market for that specific type of property, which is going to, fo- which is going to fold into what your model is. Right. So the ways to lose money in real estate, and, and Justin, Ryan was talking about uh, over-leveraging and, and, you know, back in the good old days in the early 2000s, we called them liar loans, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoa, stated whoa, whoa. income, stated asset. Yeah, what, what was that like, the differences today, and, and how important is it to ensure that you're not over-leveraging uh, especially when you're investing in real estate, uh, whether it's the property itself, whether the loan type or whatever the case is, but but also you leveraging so many other things, so many other purchases and acquisitions that you have in your life. I mean, it's so important because we still have to qualify you on the same basis as everybody else. So it's it's still based on debt to income ratios um, and, and how your properties are performing. Um, so at the end of the day, you're filing tax returns and your Schedule E is going to, unless you have everything into an S-Corp, but your Schedule E is going to lay out how those properties are performing. Um, and if you're over leveraged, you're going to be taking negative, uh, you're going to be taking losses on those properties, um, which is is going to affect your debt to income ratios. And obviously you don't want that because at, at the end of the day, you're in it to make money. Um, if you're breaking even, hey, that's okay because eventually you're gonna you're gonna see appreciation with the property, but you definitely don't want to take those losses. And we do see people that uh, try to over leverage and and put home equity lines of credit all and, and max it out. And um, 
Luckily today, we're not seeing a lot of home equity lines of credit go beyond uh, uh, 85% of the combined loan to value of the property. All right. Well, if you want to have a discussion with uh, Justin or one of our real estate wealth managers here at the Recon Group, all you got to do is text the word money to 623-AZ-RECON. That's money to 623-AZ-RECON. Going back to, uh, Ryan, how I, I started the episode of, you know, we're talking about the ways that you lose money in real estate. And there's an assumption when you're in a hot market uh, such as Phoenix and a strong market such as Phoenix, that location is not as important as long as you can just get yourself into something. Couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's definitely going to be some times in the market where you can like slip, fall, and make a bunch of money on on something. Doesn't matter where it is. Uh, you know, a handful of years ago when we just saw uh, appreciation going in the almost the double digits per month and you know going up. The reality is, is that the good locations, the B's and the, the B plus to the A's and so on and so forth, they're going to continue to thrive. So people that have money and people that are willing to spend money understand the ebbs and flows of the real estate market. So case in point, uh, Paradise Valley is, is, a, is a town within like the major municipality of Phoenix. And even when values were going down, uh, or even like a year ago when the market was correcting itself, values were still going up in those areas. And it's because there was still a high demand for it. There was still commerce going on. Most people were not getting loans. They weren't breaking those rules of over leveraging. Most of those transactions were cash. And so people still saw the value in it. So when they turned around and put a for sale sign in their front yard, they were still seeing appreciation. So don't get it twisted. You still need to keep in mind the first three rules of real estate, location, 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 in order to avoid from having those, those pitfalls. Because the first things, the first areas that are going to suffer losses are suburban areas where it takes forever to drive to and from, from you know, whether downtown or wherever their job is, or the areas where there's going to be more difficult demographics, so to speak. So when you are putting together that model, it's better to say, hey, look, I'd rather buy less less home or less property in a, in a higher neighborhood than more home or more property in a lesser neighborhood. And I think it also comes down to, Ryan, it also comes down to intended use. Um, if, you know, if I buy something in an outlying area, but I know that uh, I'm going to be in this house for long term and, and you know, I'm going to raise my kids in this house for five or six or seven years – you can outlast the ebbs and flows of the market because eventually everything goes back up. But, you know, case in point for the example that we shared earlier about uh, one of our investors is his intended purpose was Airbnb, short-term rental. Um, and he wasn't necessarily paying attention to the area. And he found himself in some areas that just weren't really Attractive. conducive for, for short-term rentals. Okay, yeah. And so – Let's talk a little bit about that, too, because that's going to fold into another big way that people lose money, and that is overbearing the market. So the number one biggest thing that we see that people do, that people put money into that overbears the market is pools, okay? Now, if you're talking about a short-term rental, if you're in Phoenix, you almost have to have, a, have, pool to have a pool in order in order for it to uh, be profitable. But if you're using it as a primary and you dig a pool and spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars on just and this is just a basic pool, that's that's not gonna get you anything <laughs> extravagant. That's just a wet hole in the ground. Okay. So 
If you drop that 56 <laughs> grand, 50, 60 grand there, you're gonna your recoup on it is gonna be 20, maybe 30. Well, where I would uh, contend with you, I think in this market, if you can buy a pool or build a pool for 50 or 60 grand, you're you're winning. Yeah, I, I don't know anyone building a pool for 50 or 60 grand right now. But yeah, it's an introductory yeah. pool. You, yeah. you get the mor- the moral of the story. I'm just trying to to give you some numbers here that can kind of illustrate what are some things that people are doing to overbear market. So. Uh, and then also, if you're in a more of a introductory type of neighborhood, you don't want to put in the super high end flooring, the the custom cabinets, and the and the you know five thousand dollar chandelier fi- light fixtures in the kitchens. You, you the golden you, toilets, right? Yeah, you don't want to gold line the, the 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 trimmings and so on, so on and so forth. You want to put in something that is going to be reflective of what your actual end user is going to purchase. And if they go over there and every single home in that neighborhood has been going for 400000 but you put in an extra 150000 trying to get five fifty for it, then an appraiser is going to go over there and say, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, the, the golden toilet and the, you know, and the resort-style backyard is nice and all, but it's just not going to flow. Okay, okay so then with, with that line of thinking, what are your thoughts on um, you know, typically in a very hot market, uh, there's not a significant difference in prices on a home that has a lot of deferred maintenance, needs a lot of love as compared to a home in great, great shape. So case in point, my wife and I, we bought our home, uh, man, I don't know, four or five years ago, no deferred maintenance. Uh, we paid market value. And so I'm constantly, and we've, we've probably put in $150,000 throughout the last four or five years because it needed a new kitchen and bathrooms and things like that. There's so many other things that I would like to do to the house, but I got you whispering in the back of my head, you know, <laughs> which is sometimes a good thing. And, 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 you know, when it's, hey, Mike, I got a cocktail for you. I like that whispering, right? Sure, um, sure. But, you know, how, how, do you, how do you strategize and determine it? You can, like you said, you can only put so much money into a home. So let's go back to the pool scenario, Okay the depreciation out on it is seven years. So if you're gonna live in that home for seven years or more after the day that you dig that pool, then what you can write off and what the value is of it in seven years, it, it does intersect at a point, right? So, all right, yeah, I, okay. I spent 60, 60 70,000 on digging the pool, but seven, eight years later, it still is bringing 20, 30,000 to, uh, to your appraised value on the home. That's kind of a, that's where your break even point gotcha. is. So, you just got to be careful about what those things are and making sure that you're meeting that break even point because you can go blind or you can go broke really fast, really fast. on those on those types of upgrades so you just got to be careful luckily for you you are in a neighborhood where the market will bear quite a bit of custom upgrades in your home but i could drop another 300 grand a month easy. if i really mm-hmm. easy but i can't right uh, and I, and I, and i wouldn't recommend it now you go over to some of the more custom home lots where I mean, the sky's the limit over there. People are spending anywhere from three to fifteen million dollars on their homes, and they're willing to pay for it. And generally speaking, they're paying cash, so appraisals aren't as big of a factor. All right. Well, these are the type of conversations that we have with our listeners, and we'd love to have this conversation. Even if you just got questions, if you're trying to figure out what to do with a specific property and upgrades and things like that, definitely feel free to uh, text us. Uh, text the word money to 623-AZ-RECON. That's money to 623-AZ-RECON. Uh, one more thing before we get into, I want to I talk about uh, lack of budgeting because budgeting is one of the key killers and ways that people lose money in real estate. I think one of the things that people don't understand, um, 
buying a house, especially this happens with new builds. New builds do not take into account if this house backs up to a major road or you go out back and you see power lines. But I can tell you when you go and resell and put that house on the market, to me, that's a quick way. Uh, Ash and I, we were, we were looking at some homes for a client today, and, and one of them, you just look at the map, because I always look at the map, backed up right to the freeway. I'm like, ah, that's probably not a probably not, good. There's a reason why that house has been on the market for a while. Mm. Well, their whole plan is to make you throw all your plans away. They, you know, they, they put so much into those, into those model homes so that when you walk in there, you see all the glitz and the glamour and, and how beautiful it is and all the inlays and the flooring and all and the, and the $150,000 worth of furniture that they put in there so that they can give you this beautiful, grandiose vision of what these homes can offer. And then before you know it, your, your $400,000 budget after upgrades is up to four seventy five five hundred. Right. And then you then you're like, okay, what does that look like whenever you want to sell it? Because already you're walking into a negative equity position, <laughs> right? Right. Because trust you, me, those builders are in it to make money, and the way that they make money is through those upgrades. Yeah. Right. And and change orders and and having you go over to the design center and and spending you know, an extra you know fifty seventy five thousand dollars just on things that. You could probably do for a lot less if you were to do it after the fact. So, when you guys are make whenever when you're planning out and you're doing your budgeting, get an idea of what the value is of the of the items that you need out of the home, and then check all those need boxes first. And then, if there's still room in the budget for those want boxes, then you can then you can start having your cake and eat it too. All right, and, then, and real quickly because we are uh, getting up against the clock, and 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 Justin, you know, we're we're talking about the ways uh, that we find ourselves losing money in real estate, and Ryan's kind of alluding to it, but it, it comes down to uh, not properly budgeting or a lack of budget. You see a lot of the finance side of stuff. How important is that? I mean, having a plan is always important no matter what you're doing. So a budget is, is a big deal. But I also want to add, you know, having along with that plan, once you're once you're going out where I see people lose money is they're they're waiting until the last minute to qualify for these properties. They're not having, having conversations with us up front. And you know, people may uh, think their credit score is in good shape, but something may pop up, but really research that credit score. Make sure that you're in the top tiers because if, if you're, you're not in that top tier position with your credit score, you're going to pay more per month. You're going to pay more in closing costs. So if you give us the time to look into that uh, pre-plan on your credit scores, try to get you into a better position, that may save you quite a bit of money over the life of the loan. Right. Yeah. And, and Ryan, how many times have we seen it where we talk to new investors who want to get into the uh, short-term rental, the Airbnb game? And we have that conversation. We take a look at loan programs, take a look at down payments. We take a look at uh, monthly payments and and what we could expect to return in income. And then you mentioned, well, have you thought about how much it's going to cost to furnish this home from all the way from beds, televisions to soap, (laughs) things like that? It comes down to the research and like how we kicked everything off here. You know, failing to plan is planning to fail. And so... If it's your first time doing something, then start off small or start off something that you know that is 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 going to be within the budget. I always say it takes at least 15, maybe 20% more cash than you think it's going to. 
And it usually takes about twice as long to, to do something that you think that it's going to do too, whether it's remodeling or furnishing or whatever. So you got you have to build in those buffers. Yeah. Well, the, the moral to the story for me is, as you said, Justin, is have a plan, have a strategy. And whether you're a first-time home buyer, a third-time home buyer, a savvy investor looking to buy Airbnbs or, what, or multifamily, whatever the case is, sitting down with someone who, can, who, who really specializes in helping people invest and build wealth in real estate is paramount to your success. And we'd be delighted uh, to have a free consultation, a free discussion with you about your strategies, your plans, and your goals. All you got to do is text the word MONEY to 623-AZ-RECON. That's MONEY to 623-AZ-RECON. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate 401k Show. If you want more information on how to build wealth, click on the link or text us at 623-297-3266. That's 623-AZ-RECON. 